Welcome to our podcast entitled Last Ones at the Bar. We're here to talk about all of the important affairs this week in the sport of boxing. My name is Wilton Henry. This week, Daniel cannot um, be with us. So it's just going to be me and Vale. Uh, Vale, since this was Thanksgiving um, break or Thanksgiving week, did you do anything special for the quote unquote holiday? Yeah, well, it's, it's always special to hang out with family and uh, spend some time with family. So I spent some time with my in-laws uh, in New Jersey outside Philadelphia. So we just had uh, Thanksgiving dinner and, you know, just uh, focus on being grateful for, you know, the year that we had that we're still breathing. Yeah, absolutely. That's good, man, that you had an opportunity to spend time with your family. This week for me, you know, I had an opportunity to kind of heal up, you know, my knees um, from jogging you know for the past um several years i've been getting up in the morning jogging so this week i took the opportunity to stay off those knees um i gotta have the opportunity also to do a couple spin classes i did some boxing a little bit as far as hitting the bag for 30 minutes for two days this week and you know all i could think about when i was hitting that bag was anthony joshua man you know i, I want that aj fight out there in wembley so that's what, that's what I'm shooting for. Matter of fact, every time I hit the bag, you know, I don't know, for some reason, I had, like, the the Mitch from Payton Full Accident. Like, I, you know, I just started saying stuff. Like, I, I want AJB. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, for some reason, that, that accident started popping up every time I, I started hitting that bag. But anyway, you know, AJ, I'm looking for you. You know, don't take the Usyk fight. Take the Will Henry fight. You know what I'm saying, B? But anyway... Um, talking about major league matchups and um, what I would consider an upset, you know, like I'm looking to do with AJ, hopefully in 2022, we had a huge upset yesterday. You had the George Cambosis and Tiafimo Lopez fight. What did you think about that matchup yesterday? Yes, yeah, definitely wasn't an upset, um, but a little background on this fight. It finally happened. Um, this fight was, was a mandatory that was ordered uh, earlier this year and the original date was June 5th. Uh, then it was um, moved to June 19th. Um, then it was uh, pushed to August 14th when um, Teofimo Lopez tested positive for COVID-19. And then there were some promotional issues with Triller. Then this, this uh, fight was postponed again to November 27th. So looking at this fight, uh, it was definitely a, an upset. Um, the the Teofimo Lopez, he came out aggressive. You could tell all of the things that happened in the pre-fight as far as the animosity between these two guys. It played out in the ring um, as expected, where Lopez did come out. He came out blazing, trying to pretty much knock uh, Cambosis' block off. Uh, but Cambosis did something. He showed that, hey, look, I'm not here to, you know, just lay down. So he tangled with uh, Lopez, uh, you know, a little bit in that first round, and he was throwing some counters and, and using some a little bit of movement and angles. Um, and then he caught Tiafimo uh, coming in. Um, Tiafimo uh, was throwing a jab, and uh, Lopez uh, dropped him with a, a right hand, a big right hand. Um, and Lopez pretty much recovered from that, but that fight had turned by that point uh, pretty much in Cambosa's favor. Uh, had him win in the first two rounds. And Lopez did start to warm up in the uh, third round when, once he starts sensing the urgency, like this guy's not going to go. 
um, like I thought. This fight was not going to go as planned. So he did try to step it up in the, uh, the third and the fourth round, but I only gave him the third round. Uh, and I had uh, Cambosas winning, Cambosas winning the fourth through, uh, I would say, the, the eighth round, um, where he pretty much controlled this fight. Um, and uh, you could tell that Lopez was trying to try so hard to just get that knockout that it was just basically playing into Cambosa where he was pretty much counter punching and, and throwing jabs and and whenever uh, the exchanges would happen Cambosa would get the better of those exchanges but then uh, Lopez pretty much did try to you know step it up in the ninth and tenth round where he did get a a, a big uh, knockdown in the tenth round but he was not able to capitalize on it and Cambosa went 11th and 12th round and I scored this fight about 115 to 111. Uh, I don't think it. Was, I don't think it was any type of robbery or funny scorecards here. And I was hoping that Cambosas wasn't, you know, robbed or anything like that. Um, but I, I did disagree with, uh, you know, Timo Lopez. He, he thought he won, you know, ten rounds to two, and I'm like, maybe he took too many hits. But uh, props to uh, George Cambosas Jr. Uh, this was a, a great performance, um, and it, it also was a good lesson, a great lesson to boxers. Like, we see, we saw this fight just get played out, and Tim from Lopez start, you know, feeling itself too much, and it definitely played out the way this fight went and showed that you can't just rely on power, and just because a guy may be viewed as a lesser opponent, that doesn't mean that he can't beat you. So, um, good fight for, uh, good performance for George Cambosis Jr., yeah, very good matchup yesterday. Um, you know, when we talked about this before, as far as our predictions, I thought that it would be a competitive fight. I had no clue whether or not Cambosas would be to have the goods in order to um, defeat Tiafimo Lopez. I didn't see that happening, but I did think it was going to be competitive because I just knew that the way Cambosas presents himself, he's not somebody that you can just walk over. He's not just going to be somebody that you're going to intimidate. You know what I mean? You're going to have to beat him. And um, he's always going to be, you know, humble for the rumble, you know. And so he did a wonderful job sticking in there. You know, like you said, that it was multiple false starts when it came to this fight. You know, a lot of postponements. And when it started, you know, I thought that T.O. may have, you know, made good on blasting them out early, you know, based on um, the way he came out blazing, you know. He, he threw everything in his arsenal at Cambosis, but Cambosis held firm and he withstood the attacks. And then eventually he caught Lopez with a hellacious right hand towards the end of the round. And so when he caught him, you know, I think it was more so the fact that T.O. has the bad habit of having his left guard down and he's just like in position to be hit, you know, with that punch. And Cambosis took full advantage. And I think that was kind of a key moment in a fight um, because I think that Teal coming into the fight, he didn't think that Cambosis had the power in order to be able to hurt him. And boy, was he wrong. It was kind of, a, um, it, it, to me, I think, you know, you did a good job breaking it down, the fight down itself. So I won't go ahead and go into too many details because it will be redundant. But what I will say is this, it looks like Lopez was in full belief of the alternative facts that he's been saying since he got the belt from Lomachenko, the fact that he talked about he was undisputed champ. He's talked about he shouldn't have to fight Haney. Talking about he was the man, you know, getting big headed, arrogant, gallivanting around in interviews, acting like he was Big Willie, but he wound up looking real silly. You know, dude uh, brought the belts to the Canelo fight. Um, when Canelo beat Plant, 
he had his um, all four belts. And so Tiafimo came to the fight to have his belts alongside of Canelo, but Canelo wasn't having it because Canelo was saying, and, and they put even Showtime put a, um, like the fighters who are actually undefeated, not undefeated, but undisputed and Teofimo's name wasn't up there. But again, this just goes into the alternative facts that circulates in Teofimo's mind. He started to believe in all of the nonsense that he was saying. And, you know, I think that that's what ended up biting him in the butt because he started thinking that he was actually better than what he is, you know. Um, the other thing that I will say is in going into the post, well, after reviewing a fight, you can just look at the punch stats and see that Lopez thought that he was just going to be able to clock him. And once he ended up clocking him with one of those huge punches that he'll be able to get him out of there. And what ended up happening. And so for instance, the, the punch stats, 176 punches that T.O. landed and he threw 565 for 31.2% accuracy rate. And Dan Cambosos was not as accurate landing 182 punches, but he landed or he threw almost 200 more and 739 punches um, altogether. I had it 115, 112 for Cambosos. I didn't think that it was any controversy there. I, I equate this to um, like a boxer, not a boxer, but NBA teams who end up having like a um, they're trying to come back. A team has like a 20 point lead. They're down um, by a large deficit. And so the team that's coming back, they exude so much energy and trying to just catch back up that they don't have enough energy to actually secure the victory. And I thought that that's what happened with Tiafimo Lopez yesterday. I think that he got behind and he felt the need to apply more pressure. And then in the 10th round, he was able to land something significant. He dropped Cambosis. And by doing that, he didn't have enough in the tank, you know, in the championship rounds. And I had Cambosis taking 11th and 12th, and that's what um, secured the victory for George Cambosis. And so that's pretty much all I have on the fight, Bill. Anything else you got on that matchup? No, sir. So uh, looking at this fight and, and, and the result of this fight and the things that transpired from it, uh, where do you think these two guys uh, go from here? What do you think happens with um, – George Kimbosis Jr. and, and Tiafimo Lopez? Um, actually, for Kimbosis, I think that is, it's, it's, a, um, it's easy, right? I think Kimbosis, he's one of those guys who really, um, he, he wants to fight the best. He's eager to prove that he feels like he's an elite fighter and that he's the best fighter in his weight class. And so I, the, I think the logical step for him would be to go against Devin Haney for all of the marbles. Devin Haney has that one belt that he doesn't have. That's also something that can allow him to do something that has never been done for an Australian fighter. I don't think Kostya Zhu, even though Kostya Zhu is not from Australia, he fought out of Australia, um, but he could become an undisputed champion. And that would be something that would be very, um, big for him you know he would be just like you talking about being the emperor you know he really would be something like that if he's able to defeat Devin Haney and get all those belts so I think that's the direction that he needs to go but Tiafimo Lopez it's a little bit more nuanced it's a little bit more intricate in terms of what he needs to do first and foremost um, he's going to need a new trainer his father was telling him things yesterday 
um, that just worked was not true. And like I said, the apple doesn't far, fall too far from the tree because I think that that's what I, I know that's where Tio gets it from when he doesn't necessarily tell the truth. You know, he says a lot of things to save face as opposed to being a stickler for the truth. His father in his corner was telling him things like, um, you're winning the rounds when he obviously wasn't winning rounds. Um, he was telling them things like motivational things as opposed to specific um, things that he needed to do in order to get the victory or correct what he, he was doing wrong. For instance, one time he told him, well, after the knockdown, he told him, he said, you didn't, you're not hurt or you didn't get hurt. Um, you was just off balance or something like that. Well, you probably want to ask him, did he get hurt? First and foremost, did, did the punch hurt? Second thing, either you didn't have a good angle or um, you didn't, or you're just flat out lying. I don't know what it is because when, and as he's saying this, they, they're um, showing it on a replay and he clearly has his hands down, the left hand down. He's in a position that you can easily get, get clocked especially if you don't move once somebody throw that shot. So he got clipped like right on the money. It wasn't any off balance or anything like that. It was just that he was in that a, a poor position. I'm sure that Cambosis understood that. He knew that going into the fight because that's a bad habit that he has. And he was so much into trying to be so aggressive and get Cambosis that he wasn't paying attention, wasn't thinking. And then on top of that, he didn't think Cambosis had the power to be able to knock him down um, or hurt him. Um, the other things that he needs to do, is he needs to fight more. He's still young. He get he had this mentality of being his power puncher. He's having these highlight reel knockouts and things of that nature. That is certain fundamental things that they didn't work on that they still can work on because he's so young. But they need to go ahead and, and, and put work in on um, the things that he's deficient in. So that's another thing. Um, but he, he needs more fights, man. He, he needs to keep fighting and being active. You know what I'm saying? On, on, on a consistent basis. And he needs to humble himself. And he, he also needs to be honest with himself. The last few things I'm going to say is this, is that I don't know how long he's going to be able to stay at 135. If he's going to stay at 135 in order to get some of the lessons that he needs to build upon, he should look to fight guys like a Fortuna, guys like Lamaris. And again, work on those things that he's working on in the gym with a new trainer. And then if he's going to do that at 140, get you some fights in against guys like Postal, you know, Mario Barrios, you know, get acclimated to that weight and then you can move forward and then be the T.O. that, you know, you have potential to be because he is a highly talented guy. It's just you got to be honest with yourself. And the only way that you can improve is if you have to tell yourself what it is that you need to improve upon and then you can work on those things. But if you're just sitting up here, I'm the man, I don't have to fight this guy, I'm the best, I'm the king, and all of this type of stuff, then you're glossing over everything that you need to work on in order to be better. So I, what do you think? What do you think these guys go from here? Well, I think Cambosa's, um, his direction from here is more clear than Teofimo Lopez. I think George Cambosa's junior, he'll be wise to go after the winner of uh, the Devin Haney versus uh, Jim Diaz fight. Um, that, that, that's a good tra trajectory for him. Um, I, he just came coming off the biggest win of his career. He's a hot commodity. Uh, the thing about Cambosa is I don't think he's uh, pretty much closed off from a rematch with Teofimo Lopez. I like Lopez and how he did the um, handle the 
uh, Vasily Lomachenko uh, win, I don't think Cambosa, I think Cambosa would give Teofimo Lopez the rematch if, if, you know, Lopez asked for it and if it was, you know, the demand was hot enough for it. But I also think Cambosa, uh, the good thing about him, he's probably more willing to fight a, you know, the, the winner of Haney uh, Diaz and he's willing to fight and uh, uh, Ryan Garcia also. Because um, we, we, we also we used to always hear these things about these guys being, the, you know, the four kings and all that. And and I'm, I'm happy that, that it's to this point where it's died down a little bit and, and that terminology can be thrown off because we're comparing these guys to to fighters like, you know, uh, Leonard, Hearns, Duran, and Hagler who all, you know, they tangled. And, and, and these guys, they're not even a Benavidez yet, you know. So I think, I think uh, Cambosa, he can lead the way, you know, because he's that missing link that that he can link all those fighters and, and fight the guy the fights that need to be fought uh for tfm lopez uh it's hard to say uh, where he goes from here because you know he had he, out of all of, of the guys out, out of his peers he has the best loss but he also he has the best win but he also has the loss um so uh i'm not sure i'm pretty sure he's probably gonna try to go after that rematch with george cambosis jr but also that that brings down his marketing value where, you know, he may be more open to, to fighting a Devin Haney or uh, even a rematch with Lomachenko or a Tank Davis. I think he's probably more open to that than he to being, a, a, you know, that B-side opponent than he was previously uh, because of the loss. Um, then there's also, you know, the, 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 the weight issues. We don't know if he's going to, you know, how long he's going to stay at 135. Um, but... You know, uh, moving to 140, he may have trouble with because those guys are just naturally bigger. So uh, we'll see what happens. But um, I think Cambosa has the more right now at this moment because you know this is just a moment in their careers. I think Cambosa has the 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 more the better outlook on it on what's going to happen in the next few fights than than Lopez does. Anything else you want to share? No, I'm good on that, but. Only thing I'm gonna say is this, is that, well, I just said I'm good on that, then I'm still talking, but guys need to do away with that, not fighting each other, you know what I mean? For whatever reason, like either you're trying to milk it and wait until the fight is bigger because there's no guarantees on that. We we were like lusting over the Joshua Wilder, like we, it was, we was right on the cusp of having that. And then you see they never fought for different reasons. You see the fact that Spence Crawford was just like salivating, right? You know what I mean? Like just water and, 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 and saliva just coming out of our mouth. Man, these guys get it on. Still haven't fought yet. And since then, you have Spence who had the, the car accident. You had um, the eye injury. You know what I mean? We were waiting like on all type of fights that just have not transpired. And you know, the four so-called kings or princes, whatever you want to call these guys, you know, they're in the same situation where they're right there, all young, can just battle it out to see who's the next superstar in boxing. You have them right there. And, you know, if they do fight, as far as like a Haney or whoever Teofimo fights, it's not going to have the same luster. It's going to be like, we want to see it, but it's not the same as when you just defeated somebody like Loma Chico, you position yourself and you can clearly state that you're the man by showing the actions in the ring, not telling us out of your mouth and then telling us who you don't have to fight and all of those type of things. 
We don't want to hear that. We want to see you in there fighting the best. We want to know that you want to fight the best and that you truly believe that you are the man. And so that's all I have to say about that, Bill. Um, I'm not going to take up too much time on that, but I do want to go into, because it was another excellent match on Saturday with the Heartbreaker versus Cool. You had Stephen Fulton putting his title on the line against Brandon Figueroa, who was also putting his title on the line in a unification matchup at 122. What do you think about that matchup or that fight? Well, first thing first, uh, I like to applaud these guys because, of course, we've been talking about fights not happening. And these guys had no reason to, to aside from, you know, being the top guys in their weight class, and, you know, uh, as far from a marketing standpoint, they had no reason to really fight each other. You know, they're putting their zeros on the line and somebody's zero has to go and they both had momentum going to this fight. So Stephen Fulton, you know, he's coming to this fight 19 you know, with eight knockouts, five for six with a 70 inch reach against Brandon Figueroa, uh, the, the heartbreak kid. Um, he's 22, you know, uh, with 17 knockouts, uh, five for eight with a 72 inch reach. Um, so this fight, it, it lived up to the, the, the hype. It lived up to the expectation. Um, these guys were, were very, very evenly matched. Um, um, it, it's based off of what exactly do you like? Do you like the, the sharp punching of Stephen Fulton or the pressure and volume of Brandon Figueroa? Uh, they both fought their hard outs. Uh, Fulton came out, you know, using some distance in the jab in the first few rounds, but Figueroa started to, you know, um, be more aggressive um, in the second and third rounds and start, you know, coming out and, and coming out stronger. And I think that was giving uh, Fulton a little bit of trouble. But uh, and, and, and a lot of these rounds is went, you know, uh, they were very uh, similar in tone where, you know, you basically had Fulton coming out, you know, throwing these sharp punches, but then uh, Figueroa using this pressure and holding and stuff like that to, 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 to bully Fulton into the corner and, and, and land these, these, these crazy body shots that uh, I didn't think that would pay dividends because of Fulton's uh, stamina, because he has a high stamina and Fulton is always, you know, has that uh, engine from God pretty much where he never really seems to gas but these body punches start to take effect over the second half where you can see the you know the the look on Fulton's face where he started to be bothered and Figueroa started to hurt him a little bit uh, in the later rounds namely the 10th round where I felt that like uh, Fulton was hurt uh, but these rounds were pretty much the same and, and, and Fulton was using his sharpness to get him out of those situations uh, now as far as how I scored the fight uh, I scored it 114-114. Uh, of course, Fulton, he won a majority decision. And he pretty much edged this fight. And I and I have no reason with him winning. I don't have a reason if uh, you had Figueroa winning. I thought I had a, I could see a bigger case for Figueroa winning, but that's based off of what I saw in the ring and the styles. But from a, uh, uh, you know, a technical standpoint, I have no problem with Fulton winning. I thought he earned the win. Uh, he weathered the storm. Uh, and these guys are probably going to share a ring again. It's probably going to be the next uh, fight. is going to be a rematch. And I think we're probably going to see the same thing again, you know, in the rematch. But uh, props to these guys. Um, they put their their, their, their records on line. Uh, Figueroa, he lost a zero, but, you know, he didn't lose too much. I think he lost more from his response uh, to that loss than he did from the actual loss. Very good. Yeah, so um, good breakdown. Um, yeah, Figueroa's a sore loser, kind of like um, Teofimo Lopez. But he fought his heart out. Very good matchup. Um, you know, these guys are equally yoked. 
You know, it's, it's like you said, I think that anytime they fight, it's going to be close. I would think that moving forward, based on what I saw yesterday, it's because the heartbreaker is 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 a pow- powerful puncher, especially more so as the fight goes on. Like he just gets stronger and stronger. And, you know, he was laying some wood on Fulton at, at, at times. But basically, you know, as you alluded to, that it's just going to be based on do you go with Figueroa's intense volume versus Fulton's better efficiency? So when you look at the punch stats, you had uh, Fulton landing 37% of his punches. Um, he landed 269 punches out of 726. And then Figueroa, on, on the other hand, landed 314 out of 1,060, and which wasn't a bad accuracy rate either at 29%. But Fulton landed 44% of his power punches. So, like I said, he was way more efficient, um, you know, when he threw. He just didn't throw as much, but he threw enough. Now, Figueroa, also on the flip side of that, that 314 punch that he landed on Fulton, that's the most punches Fulton ever has had landed on him. Um, very good fight. You know, I, like I say, it was a close fight, and I think it'll be close anytime these guys tangle and match up. But I do think that the more, the, the, the sooner they fight, I can see Figueroa, that punishment. I don't know how much of that Fulton could take, you know what I mean, if they end up um, doing it again anytime soon. But at the same time, I don't know. I, 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 I think that. I think that he would, um, I think Figueroa, it, it just all depends on Figueroa being able to make 122 pounds because even when they were pressing them at the end when he um kind of bombarded Fulton's uh, post-fight interview and when they kept asking because Fulton was like we can we can run it back and so when the announcer or the um the guy who was interviewing Fulton he was asking Figueroa he said okay you you want to you know the rematch he never really said that he wanted it because it sounded like making 122 might be, you know, he might be past that. He might be on to 126. But, you know, all in all, those guys uh, put on a wonderful performance. Um, you did a good job of breaking it down. So I'll just leave it at that. So um, coming up uh, this coming Saturday, we have an anticipated rematch uh, at light heavyweight between Lyndon Arthur versus Anthony Yard. Uh, what do you see happening in this fight, uh, in this rematch? All right, so coming into this fight, you got Lyndon Arthur, who's 19 over 13 KOs. He's 30 years old, six foot two. Um, you got Anthony Yard, 21 2 with 20 KOs. His losses have come to Sergey Kovalev and then also against Lyndon Arthur in their first fight, six feet, 30 years of old. This is going to be the battle of the British lightweight heavyweights. Um, you got Arthur, who's putting his British Commonwealth Championship on the line here. He last fought against David Farachi. He scored a ninth round um, TKO victory. And then you had Anthony Yard, who's coming off a first round KO against Alexis, I wanna say uh, Turin. Now, the first fight, Arthur, basically he won that by utilizing his jab and Yard, you know, basically he couldn't figure out a way to get past it. Now, um, the questions that I have going into this fight is going to be whether or not 
Yard has learned enough to be able to change the outcome in this fight. And so basically the reason why I believe that he may have not learned enough since the last loss is because his previous fight, it was a first round KO, right? And so in that fight, I mean, how much can you learn in that? How much is he learning in training camp to be prepared for um, what King Arthur brings to the table? The other thing is, could Arthur just be Yard's kryptonite? You know, a guy who utilizes movement, has a good jab. That could be just something that he's just going to have trouble with, you know, because when you look at the dimensions of both guys, that's what Arthur brings to the table, that he has a solid jab, nice movement. And then Yard on the other end, he is more aggressive and he has power in both hands. Now, to me, I think in this fight, it's, it's going to be um, either a lopsided victory for Arthur or it's going to be an early KO for Yard if he's able to catch Arthur clean. Now, also, I think that when you think about this, I want you to think about the Adam Kawanaki fight when he fought Robert Elanis. And the reason why, not the fact that these guys match up in that manner, is just the mentality and approach that Adam Kawanaki took going into their rematch. I think that that's kind of what Yard approach that he's going to take and that that's what he's thinking. He's thinking that if last time we fought that I just didn't think Arthur was on my level. So he may have not trained the way that he's training now. So he's training harder and he thinks that he's more prepared as antennas are up. And he thinks that that's just going to be enough because he just doesn't think that he also, he doesn't think that he lost the first fight in the first place, but also now if he's saying, if I'm on my game, then I know I can beat this guy. That may not be enough, you know, to carry the day in this rematch. Um, I think that Arthur is, is much bigger, even though that they are the same height. And like, it will tell you just based on the height, weight and everything that they're the same size. But I think that he's just a naturally bigger guy. So when it comes to grappling or he wants to try to rough Arthur up, I just don't think Arthur's going to be with it just based on his physical dimensions. And so, and then the other thing, I think Yard, even though he caught Arthur in the 12th round with a hard shot and he had him in trouble, I still think that Arthur has um, better stamina. I think that he gets tired. I, I don't like what, in addition to what I was saying about um, Lopez's father, I don't like what Yard's, his, his coach, like what he does with him. A lot of times when I listen to him, he's just motivating him. You know, he's telling him, you know, be a dog, you know, do, you know, certain things like that, where that's too abstract, where it's not specific instructions on what I need to do in order to be successful. And so my likely outcome is going to be this. I think that it's either going to be a lopsided victory for Arthur, or I can also see Arthur stopping Anthony Yard. And so that's my prediction. Yeah, I see a similar prediction uh, to you. But I do, I do also think this is going to be a battle of the jabs again. Um, I think for some reason, Yard was trying to out-jab Arthur in, in – you know, the first half of their first fight and he was severely losing, you know, Arthur has his long, 
long jab. He's like six foot two and he has that long reach and he was pretty much using it. And there was also talk of him having an injured hand, which is why he was pretty much overusing that jab, even though that's, you know, somewhat his style. So I think with, you know, if that is true and is with this right hand heel that I think that one, two will be there and it'll be more pronounced. Uh, and Yard, I think the last fight, it was interesting that he didn't really, you know, gas out like I thought he would. Uh, but it was telling that even in that last round when he hurt Arthur, he couldn't really, you know, uh, finish him. So I think this fight, I, when, I, when I look at rematches, I think of who has the most, you know, space to improve. And I think Lyndon Arthur will improve a little bit more. Um, so I think even if, if Yard tried to pretty much bull rush you know, Arthur, I think it's going to happen in the first few rounds. I think Arthur, and I think Arthur is going to have more, you know, um, he's going to have more familiarity to, you know, counter yard and pretty much utilize that jab even more. So I do think he'll win a unanimous, unanimous decision uh, in this rematch. But I also think that Arthur, Lyndon Arthur has the opportunity to, to also stop yard, possibly uh, very, very late in this fight. So it'll be interesting to fight to watch. I think anything else you have to share? Well, that's that's, that's it. That's it, my good brother. Um, anything else, Bill? You got before we wrap things up? No, sir. That's what's up, man. I, I just want to go ahead and say this, man. I'm not scared of this dude. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I get in. I tangle with any bear, anybody. You know what I mean? You put a grizzly in there, I go ahead and get down. But I was just playing about Anthony Joshua, though, bro. <laughs> <laughs> that, that bag ain't gonna prepare me for for you know, a monster like that. So I just wanted to make sure I put that out there. Um, also, you know, hopefully you enjoyed the episode and, you know, next week we'll be back to do it again. Have a good one. Peace. Peace.